good, good, because uh, I always get concerned about somebody who says, we've been in this We've been in this book of the Bible too long. How can you be anywhere in the Bible too long? I don't. I, I mean, in all seriousness, I don't understand that whatsoever. But uh, now, maybe if it's like, you know, drying cracker juice and getting biscuits and mustard for breakfast every morning, that might be a little old after a while, right? You don't like biscuits and mustard? No. No. <laughs> maybe for lunch, but not for breakfast. Yeah. You spice the biscuit up at lunch by putting mustard on it. In the morning, you put some jelly on it if you have it. So. Anyway, so we are in Exodus chapter 12, bondage, bondage. We're looking at the bondage. The final, the final ultimate bondage in our life is death. Death grips us, right? We, nobody, the, 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 uh, the saying, nobody gets out of this life alive, nobody gets out of, I say also, you've heard me say many times, nobody gets out of this life unscathed. We are all, we all suffer from the fall and we all uh, suffer from those around us. So, and uh, the and 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 you know uh, when you uh, are overwhelmed by the sin and the actions of somebody else that have uh, altered your life, remember that yours have altered somebody else's as well. And so, it absolutely has. And so, uh, may God help us to have compassion and mercy for those around us and forgiveness. We got to live in forgiveness. Yeah, absolutely have to. And but that's not on what we're looking at today. So we're looking at the final, the final, the, the final deliverance from death, and it was illustrated here in coming out of coming out of uh, Egypt. And we've been looking at this. We started last week. We looked at the perfect provision that there was, and uh, the blood of the lamb. It was, it was a foreshadowing, we know, of the coming Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. The applied blood. We looked at that as well. That the Lord Jesus Christ, we believe, went to the before uh, when he uh, was gone for the three days and three nights, I think one of the activities that took place is he placed the blood upon the altar in heaven. And that blood is forever available to anybody, to whosoever will. It's there, it's available to whoever wants it. And we saw that perfect provision. And we're going to look today, we're going to finish up with the the planned uh, Passover. I'm so thankful that God had a plan, had a plan. You ever gone somewhere where somebody didn't have a plan? And you just kind of, towed it around with them all day and you're going this is getting old you know I used to work for a fellow you're probably about man 28 years ago maybe and uh, we would uh, have to go do some installs he'd, he had this big sign he'd go install and and we'd spend half the day oh I gotta go get my ladder oh I gotta get the drill oh I gotta go get this we'd just spend all morning going to get stuff and then you get there oh drill's dead I gotta plug that in <laughs> Like, I was just like, this is a, like an hour and a half project that we have spent all day on. And uh, no plan, no plan. And, and you know, I, I when I was young, working for somebody else, I uh, it drove me crazy. Then I realized I do the same thing now. So and I probably drive somebody else crazy. Because uh, you got a lot going on sometimes, you know, you just forget stuff. But I'm so thankful for a plan. I'm so thankful for the plan of salvation. It wasn't, hey, I, I mean, spend as much time as you can meditating upon this. God just didn't, after it all messed up, go, hmm, what are we going to do now? You know, he had a plan. People say, well, it was planned before the beginning of the world. Yes. So did God plan Adam to fall? No. No. There's a doctrine out there. It's a false doctrine called the the predeterminate fall that God determined Adam to fall. And uh, that is absolutely uh, not true. Adam could have obeyed. He could have stayed. 
he could have, uh, we, we could have still been eternal beings, you know, right here. We would, ne would have never tasted death. And, but God, just because God knows, don't, don't miss this. Just because God knows, it doesn't mean he determines. You, listen, you, you, when your kids were little, you go, I know what they're about to do. And you did not deter, you didn't make them do it, but you knew what they're about to do. And you'd go, stop it before they, they'd be like, how did you know? You know, right? Or they're saying, I've got eyes behind, in the back of my head. I can see what you're doing. No, you just knew. Think about the all-knowing God. He knows everything. He knows it all. But it doesn't mean he determined it because he created us with a free will. He created us with the ability to say yes or no. And we could spend lots of time on that today, but we're not going to. We're still looking at here the plan of God and salvation. The bondage, the ultimate bondage that we have. He had a plan and he took us out. It was a perfect provision. It was perfect. It needed nothing else. Listen, there is nothing you need to add to the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing that can be added to the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the problem of the world. They're constantly adding their own thing to, to the plan of salvation. And now think of the height of arrogance that that is. Here we are, fallen creatures. I mean, we, we can't even uh, c control our breathing. We can't, I mean, you say, well, I, I breathe. Well, just fine. Well, wait till God says, tells you to stop. You won't have any control over it all. Well, my heart is, I got a strong heart. We were coming in today. And Sherry's resting heart rate stays at like 54. It's insane how low it is, right? And it's really, they say it's healthy. It's like, you know, it's like you're like a marathon runner, but you're not, you know? And, and uh, it's a very healthy heart rate. But I'm telling you what, you can pride yourself on how healthy that heart is. And at any given moment, God could say, done. And you're done, you know? And so when you, when you really ponder... <clears throat> our inability to even exist in this life. We had nothing to do with coming into this life. We had nothing to do, hardly, I mean, we have something to do. Uh, if you don't walk out in front of a truck, you know, you can live a little longer. That helps, right? But uh, at any given moment, God can determine that we're done, right? Remember what Daniel told to Nebuchadnezzar uh, or to, um, not Nebuchadnezzar, but to his son, right? When the writing of the wall, mine, mine, uh, uh, tickle you farson, you know, you're found in the balance, of, you're, you're, you're in the balance of the found wanting, right? And what did Daniel say? He said, the God in whose hand thy breath is and whose are all thy ways hast thou not glorified. What the, what height of arrogance to live this life realizing that God could take us at any given moment to, to live such a life to determine that we, like we actually have the ability to determine what God should accept from us. And we do it all the time. We do it in our service. We do it, but the worst thing is people do it in their salvation. Well, I'm going to bring this. The Cain and Abel were last week, right? Well, I'm going to Cain. I'm going to bring this. And though he worked his fingers to the bone, still wasn't what God asked for. It would have been so much easier for him, right? If he just brought a little blood, brought a lamb, brought brought, brought a sacrifice like like uh, like uh, like Abel did, and so. God determines the plan. God has a planned Passover. It's perfect. It's perfect, right? And uh, this Passover here that we're going to look at, this deliverance out of Egypt, it was perpetual. It, was, it turned out to be a perpetual thing that they were to do uh, forever. Until when? Well, until the Messiah came. And, uh, and uh, they missed him. You know what's funny? The, Is the Israelites are still looking at the Passover like it was required. It was required. Right, and uh, if it's true that the Messiah hasn't come, 
they haven't performed the Passover since what, A.D. 70? I mean, I mean are, are the lambs being killed? The temple's been gone since A.D. 70. So they haven't been doing any of this. They've been doing the Passover meals, don't get me wrong. But there's been no sacrificing going on in the temple since A.D. 70 because it's gone. So how, how are they right with God? If this is, this is where, what, you see what I mean? You know, this was a perpetual thing that God said was to go on and on and on and on and on. And here the priests aren't even able to do that anymore. So it's kind of interesting that they have a little problem there. And uh, it, it, what would solve the problem if they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, who is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And so we see here this perfect, perfect, perfect provision. And so um, we're talking about salvation here today. We're talking about deliverance from death, the bondage of death. You know, O death, Paul said, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? And uh, thanks be to God, right? What happened? He delivered us. He has delivered us uh, from death. And you know, what is it that saves us? Well, we know this. It's the blood of Christ, right? And it's our faith and trust in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it wasn't knowledge alone that saved us. Who was telling me? uh, Brother Perkins, I went to go see the Perkins, and, uh, and of course, Brother Perkins grew up uh, Church of Christ. And he said, they, he goes, I went forward one day to be baptized, and they lined us all up there, and all they did, they say, came down and said, do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? And take what, you know, and yes, do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? And, you know, whatever the words, yes, 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 yes. Okay, baptize him. You notice it was never personal. It was just, well, it was just agreeing to a belief system but it stopped there. It never came to a place, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart that God hath risen from the dead, thou shalt be saved. We have a personal living God, and at some place, you and I had to approach him personally, right? God, God and God alone, him and you, you him and I, we had to, I had to approach him and agree with him what he was saying about me. Do you realize when I got saved, I didn't disagree with who Jesus was. I knew who he was. I, I loved reading about the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd read my Bible, and uh, I loved how he, he fought with the Pharisees. Oh, man, he was so snide and, and sarcastic, and I loved it. It was just awesome. I was like, this is great, man. He's just, he's in there. I love the Word of God. I loved reading the Bible. I, I, I believed who God was. I believed the God of the Bible. I believed Jesus Christ. I believed who he was. But listen, I had never believed what he was saying about me. And there had to be a day when I approached God finally at 27 years of age and said, no, I'm wrong and you're right. It's me that's the problem. Right, I'm lost and undone. I don't care what I said. I don't care what I thought, what I believed, what I, what actions I did, what religious works I may have done. All that matters is what does God say about me? And the the all-knowing God, you know what He was saying? You are lost, right? And if I had died that day, I would have said, Lord, Lord, I've done many wonderful works. And He would have said, I never knew you. I never knew you. It was personal. It was personal. It had never been personal before that, right? And, and this is, this is uh, what we have here, is the salvation of the Israelites. Everyone had to, every family had to have a Passover lamb. It was a personal thing. It was a personal event with the living God. 
I just met another one yesterday on visitation. Same church. Same church. Nice young man. Has a, has a podcast even, a, a, of a Christian podcast. And I said, I, I love people's testimonies. I love them. Uh, when, did, when did you get saved? I'd love to hear it. Well, hmm. Well, you know, I did this and I did that and then I got away from the Lord and then I kind of got back and, you know, I've kind of been in ever since. Really. I said, are you married? Yeah. You know, when, and he told me when I got married, like 19, or 2020, not 19, we're at the 19s, uh, 2020, 21, something like that. I said, so you remember the day you said, I do? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, so then do you remember the day you said, I do to Jesus? Hmm. I said, it's personal. I mean, you have a podcast. You believe this, right? You're born in sin. You're born a sinner by nature. Sinner by choice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, so you're separate from God, right? Yes, yes. Well, how does that get made right? How, how does the sin get taken away? How do you get reconciled back to God? You know, it, it's, I mean, there, wasn't there a day when you came to, well, boy, I don't know. I mean, and then, I can't remember everything I said right now, but boy, it was right back to the same thing again. No personal experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. Never a day when he could say, here's the day I came before God and here's the day I was born again by the Spirit of God and you could never tell me otherwise. God moved in and I know it. <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, this, is, this is salvation. It's a personal thing. It's a personal thing. So many, oh my goodness, are trusting in so many different things. So many different things, but it's never been personal. So through this Passover here in Exodus 12, God established a day now to pause and remember the day that God delivered them out of Egypt. They now have a day to remember a day, right? They don't have a day, watch, to remember some, uh, some religious doctrine. They don't have a day to remember when they assented to this height of knowledge and just, you know, believed whatever is being said. They had a day to remember a day. What is it happens on a day? Events. What happened? They had a they watched the God, right, that revealed to himself, the God of heaven, creator God, deliver them personally out of Egypt. Why? Because they applied the blood and they did exactly what God said. The practice it was, it was obedience. Look at verse twenty one, chapter twelve. If I can find it. I'm in the wrong one. Chapter twelve, verse twenty one. It says, Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through and smite to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyers to come in unto your houses to smite you. You talk about learning to follow directions. It's important. Some of you had teachers in school that helped you try to learn how to follow, follow directions, right? We had a, had a professor in college, and he, in, he would, uh, we had some oral exam, and he said, take your paper out, write your, uh, write your name and uh, you know, in your box number and all of this stuff and the date. And, and for some reason, this day, he sat on the upper left-hand corner. Didn't think a thing about it, but I just did. I did. I don't Maybe I'm left-handed. That was easy, yeah. Upper left-hand corner. 
And so at the end of the exam, you know, you marked each other's paper and figured out how many wrong. And then he, at the end he said, and if you did what I said and put your information on the upper left-hand corner, give yourself another 10-point bonus. Was, I was like, good, I needed that. It was a good lesson on following directions, following instructions. And here, look at this. Upon the lintel, that's over the top of the door, and the two side posts, very specific. I love how God is so specific. Can you imagine if God just did everything in generalities, how, how, how crazy that would be to try to figure out what God wanted? Because listen, when you're indwelt by the Spirit of God and you're a child of God, you naturally want to please God. And could you imagine it being like, well, I don't know. Well, what would you like, Lord? I don't know. Whatever. Well, let's do this. No, I don't like that. <laughs> it's like, whoa, okay, 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 wait a minute. Right? Yeah, I love this. I love this. He's very specific. And we know exactly what the Lord wants of us. And watch, if it hasn't been revealed, then uh, it's not anything we need to worry about. Right? Everything that we need to worry about, that, 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 that we concern ourselves with the Lord, has been revealed unto us. And He's made that known to us. And you shall observe, verse 24, the thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons. Look at forever. And it shall come to pass when ye shall come to the land which the Lord will give you, according as he hath promised, that ye shall keep this service. So it wasn't supposed to end, right? That ye shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses, and the people showed the head, I'm sorry, bowed the head and worshiped. Would you underline something in verse 27? It's the Lord's Passover. It wasn't Israel's Passover. It was the Lord's Passover. You know, the Bible tells us salvation is of the Lord. You know what that tells us? We don't determine what sal- how salvation comes. God determines it. And here we are, right back here again. You can go get baptized all you want. You can go knock doors all you want. You can meet on Saturday, not on Sunday, all you want. You can do all of these things. You can fi- Listen, you can spend the rest of your life trying to figure out how to please God. But listen, it's not your salvation. It's His. And it's His. And you know what? It's funny. Life would be simpler if we would just do what the Lord said, right? It'd be so much easier. And it's the Lord's. It is the Lord's Passover. Practiced by obedience. Can I tell you this? The children of Israel, they did not understand the need for the blood around the door. Think about this. All they've ever known is Egypt. All that, you know, 400 years before them has known was living in Egypt. They were completely infused in the culture. It would be no different than somebody from whatever nation or whatever country that your heritage is from would show up to the United States and say, hey, I'm going to take you back to wherever you're from. You, I'm like, you're like, I don't know, our folks have been here since 1630, you know, somewhere on the planet. I mean, this is all you know. I mean, you're American, man. I mean, you are redneck, hillbilly American. Yeah. I'm not, it's like, I'm not going to Lithuania. What would I do in Lithuania? That'd be crazy, right? And, uh, but, uh, so, I mean, there'd be some things that would make no sense to you, right? Well, today you're going to eat such and such. Well, why? I've never eaten whatever this weirdness is, right? And uh, so here's the Israelites in Egypt. They've never put blood on a door. They've never done the sacrifice. They've not done the Passover. This is totally new. And they had never done anything like this before. But if you notice this, though, um, I'm going to get distracted here. Sorry. If you, if you notice, though, uh, regardless, 
that they had ever done this before. It was an act of obedience. It was an act of obedience. What were they doing? Right? Blood? Kill this lamb? This is weird. This is kind of creepy. We're taking this branch with hyssop on it, the leaves, and we're, you know, you got to have hyssop. That's another specific thing. You're going to do this. This doesn't make any sense at all. And they could have just disregarded it. They could have said, this is so weird. Moses, are you sure? I mean, this is, you know, really weird. But thankfully, by this time, they've seen nine plagues. <laughs> right? Uh, don't you love how the Lord helps us? You know, you, you know listen, I, I love to be reminded that we're but dust, and the Lord knows that, and He knows our frame, and He knows our frailties, and He knows our limitations. He knows that we're not real bright. Uh, you know, I don't care how smart the smartest man on the planet is, we're not real bright, okay? And the uh, Lord knows that. And here He is. Comes time for the Passover. They've had nine plagues to watch the hand of God. Unmistakable, it was the hand of God that did these things. To the point that even some of the Egyptians were saying, okay, too. Right? And here they come along. They've never seen it before. They could have disregarded it. They could have asked why. They could have been like, I mean, could you imagine? I, I don't know. Maybe there was a whole question and answer, a whole Q&A time. Now, what if we do this, but this, you know, what if, you know, what, you know, and Moses is just like, no, just the lentil and the side post. Well, what if some gets on the door? Well, don't worry. You know, uh, you know, I just, I, it'd be, oh, could you imagine a million people, all these questions that came around, right? And they could have at one point just said, ah, forget it, forget it. I was in a class in Bible college and about all the proper way to have a certain have a, a certain, uh, how to do certain events. And you have these books they give you. And some people, oh my goodness. Uh, Paul Chapel is the most detail-oriented person on the planet I've ever read in some of his books. And it's like, you should have round tables and nine chairs and every napkin should be on the left and you should have this. I'm, I'm, it's this detail. 24 cookies in the middle and then the drink should be over here. And you know what I do? I go, eh, forget it. We're not even going to do those. We'll just sit on the floor, whatever. I'm going, to, I'm going to pastor in the Ozarks. This is going to be awesome. We're going to, I'm just going to stay home, right? That's like, I mean, it just gets, it's like forget it, right? It's just crazy. And, uh, and God made it so simple, really, right? He made it simple. But, uh, I, I mean, at any time, maybe they could have just gone, I can't handle this. Here, I'll just put it here. There, the blood's up there, right? No, friend, they would have lost their firstborn that night. God was that specific. He was that serious. Watch this. Even though they didn't understand it, even though they couldn't figure it all out, even though they had zero clue that this was foreshadowing and a picture of another lamb that was coming, they still obeyed. Can I tell you salvation has never changed from the Old Testament to the New Testament? It's always been obedience to the voice of God. It has always been, listen, people in the Old Testament were not saved any differently than people in the New Testament are today. It's faith and trust in the Word of God, right? Jesus was in, Jesus was in the, in, 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 at the Jordan being baptized, right? The Father is in heaven. Jesus is in the water. The Holy Spirit is descending. And what does the Father say? This is my beloved Son, who I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. Remember the Mount of Transfiguration? We just looked at that. Second time, the Father shows up. A cloud moves in. He says, this is my beloved Son. Hear Him. Right? What does Jesus say? You must be born again. Well, how, do you be, how, do, how are we born again? Well, you put your faith and trust in the work of Jesus Christ. 
Come and confess with your mouth that he's Lord. I mean, listen, it's, it's just obedience to the voice of God. It's the same thing. And here they are, just obeying. They don't get it all. Hey, how many totally, totally have figured out heaven? How many have totally figured out the process of when your eyes close in death, what the process is from there? I mean, we know the angel of God, if you're saved, uh, born again, the angel of God, an angel will come and uh, I believe will take us up and to take us to the presence of the Father. I mean, I understand that. We, we have some of that, but do you really understand all of it? A friend of ours, when his father was passing away, I asked him after he had passed away, I said, did, you, did he say anything? He goes, yeah. He goes, I, and I don't know if it was medicine, I don't know what it was, but he would come in and out and in and out. And at one point he said, wow, I wasn't really what I thought heaven was going to be like. <laughs> I'm like, uh-oh, you know, what does that mean? But that's actually really makes sense. Because how do we know? I mean, but watch this. We know. The Spirit of God witnesses, is a witness. We know. We know that when we close our eyes in death, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We know that. We believe that. But there's so much we don't understand. Somebody says, well, how is it going to work in the millennial reign of Christ? I don't know. Well, how are we going to come? I don't know. How, how are we going to, what, what about after the millennium's over? What are we going to do? Who knows? Are we just going to sit on clouds? Doubt it. Doubt it. God's a creator. He'll probably spend the rest of our eternal existence creating and I think we will too. I mean, I, I mean, he's, look, look what we create in this life, in this fallen world. We make all sorts of stuff, right? Because why? Because we're like our heavenly father, right? He's a creator. But watch, I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I do know. I know what he's told us, and I trust him. I trust him. I believe him. And so watch, because of that belief and trust, we just do what we're told, right? We don't always do that so well either, do we? <laughs> Sometimes we get in the way of that too. Here's, here's what they did. They, did. they didn't understand it all, but they did it. It was obedience. It was obedience. They just had to simply trust. That's all they had to do. And uh, what were they doing when they struck that, that uh, the top lintel and the side posts with the blood? What were they doing? They were living by faith. They were living by faith. Can I tell you, faith isn't some, some thing out in the ether that we just try to find. Faith, here's what it means to live by faith. Just obey the Word of God. Every time you obey the Word of God, you're living by faith. You're living by faith. I told my wife before, you know, you know there, there's things that we do every morning we get up and we do things. We, it seems like they don't mean much, like it's not a big deal, but it's still living by, it's, it's because we live by faith, you know. I said, every, every morning you put a dress on. Why? What are you doing? You're living by faith. You're trusting God. You're trusting His Word and what He says. You don't understand it all, but we trust it. Every day you get up and you go to work and you, or you go and you, you're still in the workforce and you have a job. What are you doing? You're living by faith because God said, to, Six days shalt thou work and do thy labor. That's a faith act that you're doing it. It's just not some mundane thing that means nothing. It's faith. And so we live by faith, which means we live by the Word of God. This is what they were doing. They were living by faith faith, living by obedience. Somebody say, oh, well, this is a work salvation because they had to do something to get saved. Now, you know that's not true, don't you? What is the difference here? Listen, please. There is a difference between a work, watch, and a response. The Israelites, what were they doing? 
They were living by faith in responding to what God told them to do. What would have been a work if they had came to God, right, without blood, okay? Maybe they, they got a nail and they tacked a chicken up over the door, right? <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's in blood's all over the place and that'll work, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and then demanding God to accept it. No, that's a work because God didn't tell them to. He actually didn't want anything to do with the chicken, right? <laughs> As for a sacrifice, that would have been an awful, awful typology, right? So sheep is much better because we're stupid like sheep. So <laughs> we're not bird brains like chickens, right? So, yeah, it's by faith. There's a whole doctrine out there in Calvinism that says that, you know, any, any type of a reaching out any type of a praying and asking is a work salvation it's like it's not repentance i've heard this one repentance is a work nowhere in the bible does god do we need to repent for salvation it's it's it is a work and i'm like what on earth where does this stuff come from right repent listen for repentance is a response god is the initiator amen how many believe god initiates how many right we 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 really Understood that more after we got saved, that God is the initiator. We looked back and we were like, wow, he was drawing me in the whole time. He was just drawn in. I didn't even realize it. And he was being a, a friend and just drawing me to himself. And uh, he was the initiator. And he said, come. The spirit and the bride say, come. Come unto me, all your labor heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Come, come. And what do we do? He say, you say, well, like, uh, like, uh, um, the other guy, I can't remember now, you know, what must I, you know, what must I do to be saved? The Philippian jailer, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved, right? Come, come, yeah. repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What are you doing? You're responding to the one who's already drawing. It's not a work. You know, it's a work, huh? When somebody's drawing and you go and get baptized instead. God didn't ask for that. Wrong order. Wrong order. That's why, it's a, that's why baptism isn't the putting away the filth of the flesh, but a good conscience towards God, the Bible says in St. Peter. Right? That's a work. So don't mistake a work for a response. And this is what the Israelites are doing. They're responding to God by faith. And i got to get done here. I didn't even get to the lesson. Yeah, I'm in the lesson. We're okay. We're okay. Look at verse 28. I don't know how I'm in 1 Samuel now. I've gotten crazy over here. Exodus 12, 28, look what it says here. And the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so did they. Simple obedience. Doesn't make it a lick of sense, but we're going to do it. And listen, this shows up in every aspect of your life after salvation too. The faith life never stops. Actually, actually, in some people, the faith life is, as, as we know, as the world goes on, it's going to get worse and worse and worse to the point that Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith? Do you know what he's saying? He's not saying, will I find people saved? Obviously, that's not the question. The people is, am I, am I going to find those living by faith? Look out at the panoply of Christianity. Let's just narrow it down among, among independent Baptists that have you know, held up this banner of, of uh, that they are just you know, whatever they've just uh, been the closest to truth. If they want to, some like to hold that banner, okay? And maybe even under the moniker of fundamentalism, all right? 
Look where the faith life has gone there. How many, how many of the, the, the greats are living by faith anymore? How many are falling away? Of people that you were shocked that are just being swept up in the world, right? They're just, the, whatever the world says, they're, they're going along with it. And, and I'm telling you, the, the one thing that COVID showed uh, and has continued to show that there was a lot of bandwagon Christians that, that did not live by faith. They were living by what the world said. And it became very evident. Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith? How many are going to be still living by faith? This is what they were doing. Children, it's just by faith. And it goes throughout our whole life. We have a choice every day. Are we going to live by faith? Right? Are we going to get out of bed by faith? Are we going to, you know, are we going to do this by faith? Are we going to serve God by faith? Are we going to sell a property and build a new building by faith? No, if, I took a, if we took a vote, if we all took a vote, we, we wouldn't have never done it. Yeah. I had people that didn't go here said, well, I wouldn't have done that. I'm like, well, good thing you're not here. <laughs> right? That's not how we live our life. We live by faith. We live by the, by the word of God, by what he says and how he directs us. Down in First Baptist Church, Sutherland Springs, Texas, if you remember, uh, 26 people were murdered there in that church. The pastor was Frank, was Frank Pomeroy. And of the 26 people killed was his 16-year-old daughter. And uh, he had returned from a trip. He had been out of town when the, when the shooting took, away, took, took place. And he returned from that trip. And uh, let me back up. His daughter was 14, not 16. But he returned from that trip to have to bury 26 church members. And uh, he was asked how he made sense of it. It was half of his congregation, actually. Think about that. Half of his congregation he had to come home and bury, including his 14-year-old daughter. And they said, how do you make sense of this? Here's what he said, quote, I don't understand, but I know my God does. I know my God does. What is he saying? I don't have to understand. Can I tell you there's some things in your life you don't have to understand to trust God? You know what I, you know what I, you know what I would uh, surmise? That God has actually put some things in our life that we can't understand so we can learn to come to the place of going, okay, I don't need to know that and I'm going to trust you anyways. He says, I don't understand. Here's another interview with the news anchor. He said this, God has a plan and he is far further along than I am. And I have to trust. I have to trust him. Yeah. Trust. Can I tell you, there's so much about the Christian life that we cannot explain. There's so much why people make decisions, why they do things, why they say things, uh, why things come into our life. Why you see a family, the, a godly family, and they just, they're living, listen, they're just living a life to please the Lord Jesus Christ. And it seems like in every aspect of their life, they're, they're, they may even be a conviction to you. And you look at their life and you go, oh, wow, what a testimony. And then you watch something just ravage their home. Senseless, a child dies, something happens, and you go, that makes no sense. 
And you watch them. They go on and they trust the Lord. They say, well, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And you go, wow. Yeah. Can I tell you, any of us in this room can live that life. We just don't want to. Is it that simple? Yeah, I think so. We just don't want to. Yeah. All right, it's Sunday school. I'll move on. It was a little too much. Yeah. Just trust. Trust Him. We'll stop there today. Are you trusting Him? How much is in your life? How much has been in your past life? In, in your past, not your past life, but in your past that you could say, I have no clue. To this day, I don't understand it. To this day, you could say, to this day, I don't understand it. Yeah. But how many things have you seen of the Lord that you did understand that were unmistakable of His work in your life? Yeah. What do we do? We just go on and trust Him. We, we just move along. We just move along and we trust Him. You know what will happen if we stop trusting Him? We'll, we'll find ourselves falling farther and farther away from him right well, I don't know why he let this happen I don't know why he let that happen I don't know why this went on and, and uh, you know I, I did this and I tried that and I did this and it still didn't work and kids still did this and spouse still did that and this one did that and I just don't understand it all if you're not careful if you're not careful you're going to let bitterness get in then, then, then watch then you'll get away from the Lord and listen it doesn't get better you'll actually get worse the better thing to do is just to trust Him. Just trust Him. You don't have to understand everything. You don't. We just need to trust Him. That's what we do have to do. May God help us to do that. I don't know where you are today. I have no idea. But may God help us to trust Him. What does that mean? Just do what He's told you to do. Right? Obedience. Faith. Father, thank you. I really plan to finish this today. And... Uh, Lord, I thank you that you stopped us here. I don't know what anybody's dealing with right now. You do. You do. And uh, it's very possible that there's somebody here today that has been trying to make sense of some things that came into their life. Maybe they've been trying to make sense of it for 30 and 40 or 50 years. I don't know. Lord, would you help them today to get victory? We're talking about victory over bondage. Would you help them to get the victory over this bondage of having to know why? Lord, that they had set it aside today and just determine they're not going to ask again. They're just going to trust you. When you give them that victory today and that liberty today and that joy today that comes with that. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be back. I'll be back. Hopefully you'll be back.